0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come, Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is Season 4, Episode 72 of this Daily Study Podcast. Thank you so much once again for joining us as we continue with our study of this week's Come, Follow Me materials in Genesis chapters 37 to 41 in the week of March the 7th to March the 13th. And today we are going to conclude Genesis 37 and... um, complete Genesis 38. So we find that Joseph has just been sold uh, by his brothers to the, uh, the traveling um, Midianites to um, Egypt. And now uh, his brothers have to break the news to their father. And so they take, um, again, looking out for the symb- symbolism between the savior and Joseph and, um, we see that they take Joseph's coat and kill a kid of goats, a young goat, and dip the coat in the blood. Now, we didn't actually mention the symbolism between Joseph's coat being s- stripped away from him. This coat uh, could represent a number of things, um, but it, it it was meant to be a, an indication of the birthright uh, of power. Uh, and it was stripped from Joseph, just as the Saviour's uh, status among men was stripped um, and he was seen and and dealt with uh, as the lowest of the low, uh, similar to how Joseph was treated. And this coat they tore and they dipped in blood, again, referring to, um, making many references to the atonement of the Saviour um, there the, and his blood. And they brought the coat and brought it to their father. And Jacob recognises it and is... Obviously, uh, in distress and very upset. Uh, and he rents his clothes, as was the custom in those days for someone who was mourning the loss of someone. Uh, and puts sackcloth upon himself and mourns for many days. And he isn't uh, comforted. He refuses to be comforted and says, for I will go down in the grave unto my son mourning. Thus his father wept for him. We remember uh, that phrase, I'm refusing to be comforted, with um, Enoch and the vision that he has uh, with the with Heavenly Father, and how he has shown the uh, children of men and, and their wickedness. We'll go into chapter 38 now, and this is um, a bit of a random account to have, I suppose. However, um, this account uh, is pointed out, because, and I imagine it's done so, um, so that we are... Uh, to compare it between Judah and Joseph and see how the two react in these situations. Now, a few things take place in the kind of uh, the lead up to this uh, event. So Judah marries a a Canaanite. Um, So that first, first of all, as we know from the uh, stories of Abraham and Isaac um, and uh, Jacob, that that was something which was probably not what was desired by Israel at this time. Uh, but Judah does marry this Canaanites, and they have three, uh, three children. Uh, <clears throat> they are called Ur, er, Onan, and Shelah. And basically what happens is that Ur er has a uh, son, um, or, well, they have a wife, and they are wicked. And the Lord slays Ur, er, <laughs> which... Uh, is obviously interesting. Um, We don't know the full details or or context to that. And again, as I mentioned before, um, it does sound pretty harsh by the Lord in this uh, case, but we don't know what that exactly looks like. We don't know if they say that the Lord kills him, but actually it was a circumstance which was um, quite, um, not random, I suppose, but uh, they they would see it as the hand of God in it, perhaps. But anyway, um, what this means Uh, is that um, this wife, Tamar, who is the wife of Ur, um, doesn't have any children. Now, the custom uh, in in that land, in those times, in ancient customs in the Middle East, uh, if a man dies uh, before um, they are able to have a a son in particular, uh, then it is expected that if they have a brother, that they will help with this. By this, I mean, obviously, that if a man does not have a son and he dies, in this case, Ur er did not have a son and he dies, um, that it would seem a great calamity, uh, a great problem, uh, if um, he doesn't have a son to continue that lineage. And so, uh, in this case, Judah is following the local customs. When he, In verse 8, it says, And Judah said to Onan, Go in unto thy brother, uh, thy brother's wife, and marry her and raise up a seed to thy brother. Um, so this is what was expected uh, in those days, so that seed could continue. However, Onan uh, does not want to do this. He doesn't want to have a, a child um, that wouldn't be his. So he doesn't do it. In verse 10, The thing which he did displease the Lord, wherefore he slew him also. So, you know, that... Is not great, and so Judah says to Tamar uh, to wait a few years at his at her father's house until Sheila, um, his third son, will be fully will be fully grown, and um, hopefully he won't die as well. Uh, so Tamar does this, but then it seems that uh, Judah does not keep his word. In verses twelve and thirteen, it says, "And in process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died, and Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shearers to Timnath." He and his friend Hera the Adolamite. And it was told Tamar, saying, Behold, thy father in law goeth up to Timnath to shear his sheep. Now, what happens next is uh, not a pleasant tale, and or continues the unpleasant tale we've had so far in Genesis 38. Um, and some argue that what Tamar does is, whilst it's not um, the, you know, it would seem to be not a righteous thing to do. Um, what she does actually is trying to continue the covenant birth line. And of course, we know that through this birth line, the saviour is eventually born uh, from Tamar and what will be Judah. Um, however, how she does it, I, as I mentioned, is not seen as a, as a good way of doing things. Now, of course, uh, we have had accounts in, in the scriptures uh, where someone is murdered uh, for a righteous purpose. We, we think straight away of Nephi and Laban. We think of um, we think of uh, Jacob and his mother, Rachel, uh, deceiving the, his father, Isaac, for the birthright blessing. Which, of course, um, Jacob's uh, actions are nowhere near the level of potential wickedness as what Tamar is about to do and what Nephi does in slaying Laban. However, Nephi was told to slay Laban. The difference here is that we don't have a record of Tamar being told to do this by the Lord. So this is where we have to kind of wonder, is this something that was right to do or is she in the wrong to do this? We certainly know uh, that what Judah does is um, certainly not right. She basically dresses herself as a prostitute or a harlot and sits by the road in a veil um, in an open place, um, which is on the way to Timnath um, and, and puts herself in the way of Judah. And he sees her, presuming her to be a harlot, uh, and he and he lies with her now, a few things here to notice. um she sat in an open place. She isn't doing this by secret or in a secretive manner. She is being very open with this and then Judah does the the action uh, and they they have a they have a, a child um, through process of giving her um bracelets and things, and then her returning uh, with those bracelets. Judah realises what has happened. He hasn't kept his promise to Tamar that his third son would be able to marry her and have seed. And so she has taken matters into her own hands and done this thing, which he obviously is uh, unhappy about uh, because he is told that... He he asks where this harlot was and they say there was no harlot in this place. And so he realises eventually what happens when she brings those bracelets. Um, but in verse twenty six and this is particularly interesting, he says, and Judah acknowledged them and said, She hath been more righteous than I, because that I gave her not to Sheila, my son, and he knew her again no more so this phrase he was he, she was more righteous than I maybe suggests well it it's clear that he recognizes his fault on his part, what he's just done uh, in in uh, having this relationship uh, with this harlot or what he presumed was a harlot. Um, But does this indicate that Tamar, what she did, was righteous or does it just indicate the seriousness of what Judah has done? Again, we're not very clear from this account. It could be argued both ways in some ways, Um, but um, it's just something to consider. Uh, And of course, uh, she then gives birth to twins. But what we do know, um, despite what we don't know about Tamar, is we do know that Judah is in a situation where he has shown that he has... Um, committed a number of grievous sins. Now, the first of which would be to sell his own brother uh, to slaves to Egypt. But of course, um, the 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 sins of chastity which he which he which he um, broke here, and so this puts us in a situation where we are don't we don't have a great view on Judah. But let's remember that as we move into Genesis Genesis thirty nine forty and forty one, and we are going to see a great change with him. Um, from the man that he is now to what happens later so remember that as we move forward thank you so much for listening today i hope you enjoyed this study Um, not a very pleasant chapter but one which i think does teach a couple of interesting things and so please do share your thoughts uh, on what you think uh, in the facebook group thank you for listening and until we meet again